Hello guys, welcome to Mind Podcast 43.0, uh, your weekly source for views and analysis. Uh, this is Adit Kapadia coming to you on an extremely somber day, um, day after the deadly attacks in Paris and um, completely shell-shocked by what I saw. Together with me is Sunanda Vashisht. Um, hi Sunanda. Hi, hi Adit, how are you? Um, just brings back very, very painful memories. Um, in the past and also um, we were talking about Paris just 10 months ago when we started this podcast our very first podcast was about Charlie Hebdo and we talked about all this and it just seems that you know it's a deja vu now we're going to talk about it again and then the next attack will happen and we'll talk the same things again and we will just go around like um, a broken record I just don't know that when this madness will stop it's it's deeply the the extent of attack and mm. the way it was executed um eerily similar to mumbai yeah, and i'm, I'm going to come um, to that we'll come yeah. to that how yeah. it was similar to that but um it was it was very um vulnerable citizens who were completely uh, unaware of what was going to happen mm. and terror strikes in the middle of the night um uh, before you before you come yeah. like go ahead i just want to uh, uh, tell that Pramod, unfortunately, is going to be missing this week as well. He is uh, on a personal visit to India, so he will not be in the podcast for this week or the next ones, but he should be back shortly, probably in less than 10 days. So um, he'll he'll be back soon. It's only a small sabbatical that he's taking. But um, clearly, uh, coming coming back to, just wanted to make that announcement, but coming back to the attack, I mean, I was reading a piece on CNN that said that it was, the deadliest attack on in Europe since the Madrid bombings. Since Madrid, 2008 bombings. 2004. Uh, 2004, yeah. Madrid was And let's not forget, two weeks ago, a Russian plane was downed in Sinai, 224 people. Yeah. I mean, um, that did not get, unfortunately, did not get as much coverage as it should have, you yeah. know, uh, in the Western media. I mean, I, I just saw very limited coverage. And there stuff. wasn't much. And in fact, although ISIS had taken responsibility for that as well, but it was not confirmed. Mm. So <coughs> this, this, in this case, uh, Pre- President uh, Francois Hollande came out and said that, you know, uh, that ISIS... ISIS took the responsibility. They have been through various social media outlets. They've been saying that this was a, a act of jihad carried out by them uh-huh. um, uh, president um, Francois Hollande actually uh, did mention ISIS uh-huh. and uh, a lot of eyewitnesses had also in the theater that where this was in the concert band they were also saying that uh, there were people uh, screaming that it was um, something to do with Syria so from what we know so far there have been about 128 people who have Dead. unfortunately passed away uh, Hundreds injured. Hundreds injured. Previously uh, hun- injured. Yeah, 180 people uh, were at least, like, so far from what we know, 180 yeah. people were injured, and 99 of whom were ex- in extremely critical condition, according to CNN. Um, and there, were, I think there were eight terrorists who were killed. Seven. I of- do want to bring, at this point, I do want to let our listeners know that this was the first uh, suicide bombing attack in Europe. I, it, I, I did not yes, know that myself. It has yeah. not happened. In Europe has not seen or France has not seen. Um, France has not seen um, 
suicide bombers. And I was um, listening to uh, Brahma Chalani on, I think it was... Uh, of course, in all over this thing, we do uh-huh. uh, see these things happening um, right. in Middle East mm-hmm. and in India also, we have seen suicide bombings, but not in France. No, and what Brahma Chalani said was a very interesting thing that uh, France has imposed a state of emergency. Now, of course, uh, the word emergency might not, like in Praveen Swami said, mm-hmm. that the word emergency might not mean in the same context as different countries. Yeah. But the fact is, we since don't remember. Since 1944 or 1945, this is the first time they had they had imposed curfew in curfew Paris. Paris. Yeah. And uh, it was considered to be, you know, one of the most liberal cities in the world. Yeah. And for that... and. In the same Eiffel Tower is closed right now. So, and, and what Sunanda said, uh, that, that that's what, I mean, it's not like I'm plugging the podcast or something. No, no, no. But the first time when we started Mindmakers, the podcast 1.0, we had a, a debate on the Charlie Hebdo attacks. And we were talking about that, but that was about liberalism and whether, you know, what, but there was a, this is just, I mean, I, I don't know. This is a straight attack on a country's sovereignty. Yeah. This is this is an act of war. There is no other way to describe it. There is an act of war, and um, I uh, one can talk about a lot of things. And, but and let's not differentiate. Both were equal acts of equally equal barbaric, barbaric acts, acts of terrorism. I mean, I, I I think Charlie Hebdo was an act of terrorism. Yeah. Right. You, yeah. Would you agree, Sunanda? Yeah. Uh, of course, it was an act of not not a question. It was an act of terrorism, and so is this. And because in the case of Charlie Hebdo, a lot of our um, commentators or what um, you know is called uh, quote unquote butt brigade, they gave um, you know all these justifications that because of their cartoons, um, Charlie Hebdo horror happened. I want to know what did these people do in soccer? stadium and what did they, these the petition who concert, were hall. The concert hall and, and all of the restaurants people were eating food uh, all soft targets what did these people do to provoke anybody anywhere so not just that i was um uh, petition concert hall seems to be i mean that, that's where the most casualties, casualties occurred um, upwards of 80 people some estimates even put it to 100, 100. I, I don't want to say because i'm not i, I don't know for sure cnn mm. did not know as well they were um, that was the most and the president Hollande was at the stadium in france uh, at the, when the when the football or the soccer match was happening and um, i don't know I it's don't know. this is not a good time to be talking about all this and we'll probably go back to it but i honestly don't understand understand the security situation the president of your country is in a soccer stadium and something like had this happens. So uh, I suppose it is time for uh, Europe and countries like France and Germany and England to look at their security apparatus all over again and probably learn from India. And I'm not saying that we have any better than this. Um, but, you know, because of the attacks, um, terror attacks that have been happening in India, um, for the longest time ever, I mean, in, um, India has seen the first jihadist laboratory in terms of Kashmir and uh, this thing, and India has been fighting war on terror for the longest time, much before uh, West had even known um, something like Islamic terror exists. So uh, it's something that security has to improve in uh, Europe. And there's also the sad state where um, it's not possible for um, Europe to completely, uh, you know, block this their borders because uh, their borders happen to be porous and because of this EU thing people can float from one country to another uh, that is also posing um, security risk a, a challenge so what this attack has really done is Europe has to rethink 
itself um, a lot of things the things that are very dear to us liberty equality uh, freedom but more than this anything more than this life and sovereignty of the nation is more important than all of that and in um, when situation is so difficult and when it is the lives of your citizens then maybe um, freedom and equality and liberty and personal liberty and all these things will have to take a little bit of backseat and um, some very difficult situations some very difficult things will have to be enforced I know when I say that that I <clears throat> put a um, you know vision among the cats because there's this whole liberal brigade that will come up uh, this thing that mm. you know um, uh, people don't believe in personal liberties and all but that's not the point the point is look at the amount of lives we are um, losing to this mindless violence so mm. I that is something that Europe has to uh, rethink and there are many other things that uh, not just Europe that it's it's um, our, our good friend Anirban Ganguly he, he he said a very interesting he had a very interesting treat that it essentially means that classical European civilization was under attack yeah. you know and but to some extent I do agree with him that uh, that it was. It was an attack on civilization. It was an attack on how, you know, life is being carried out over there. Um, and, and when I come to Mumbai, see, there is, of course, the... Uh, some, and I go back to what uh, Brahma Chalani said, a very interesting point, that uh, the, the similarity between Paris and Mumbai was, and I, I feel horrible comparing two attacks. Both were equally dastardly. Bottom line is no one can replace the lives that were taken in that attack um, and I mean my heart goes out to the families uh, you know uh, uh, who have lost their loved ones you know yeah. been injured and so forth but coming back to this what the, the 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 thing was that the similarity was that they chose soft targets and they attacked in a very coordinated manner and so forth but Mumbai we did see that they were being told on the phone what yeah. to do, the perpetrators, the attackers, what to do, and so forth. And um, we also know where they came from. Yeah. We also know how they came, you know, through the the, the route, the, yeah. sea, the sea and so forth. Here uh, we don't know. A lot of know. these people and are alluding to it to being homegrown terror, as in no, these are I mean, French nationals. We don't know. I don't yeah. want to speculate at the moment. Exactly. And of course, this is only like not even 24 hours. Yeah, since not even 24 hours. So. It happened. So uh, it, it's... It's just tragic and heartbreaking. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's too early to speculate. Is this homegrown terror? Although a lot of news reports are indicating that it might I, as well have see, been. I, I, and I, also I, another thing that news reports are is that these are very, very young Yes, people. very young people. That is something to be taken uh, into account. That a lot of radicalization of youth is happening no, in you Europe. Understand, people are saying. But there's also a chart that there are 700 French nationals, and this is not speculation. 700 French nationals are in ISIS right now. About 400 uh, British nationals are in ISIS right now. There was a whole chart somewhere floating around, but I did see that the France had the most number of national citizens in the ranks of ISIS right now. That's, how they this respond is and how very... the world responds. I mean, this is a challenge for the world in general. So that that's what we'll have to see. So <clears throat> after this, these dastardly attacks, uh, the key question that comes before us, before the world, and us by us, I mean the whole world, uh, the West, East, you know, everywhere. As I say, it is a, how... it is a war between, is a battle between barbarism and free world no no and, so and liberty. And so, liberty so 
how do you respond to this right now there are va- there are going to be various columnists commentators and stuff talking about this i i actually tweeted about this yesterday that there have been just countless debates before there is going to be countless debates after the so bottom line is we, we no no, no the bottom line is we have to come together yeah. now by what i mean by we the free countries the countries that have been victims of terror uh, have to take a stance against this and have to take a very bold stance against this and they, also get out of the denial people have to know where the problem is to be able to solve the problem so it's very important to understand that this is this is islamic fundamentalism this is islamic terror this is people propagating their ideology in the name of a holy book or a holy faith and killing people in the name of a holy faith and their holy book or what I mean to say that is something that needs to stop yeah. and if there is a renaissance that needs to be brought about in a particular faith then the people of that faith need to get up and uh, talk about that inner absolutely and, 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 and slowly we are seeing it. people I, I actually was um yesterday i was listening to bill marsh show about that and uh, i'm going to I, I forgot the name of the columnist she uh, uh she had uh, uh i think um was born in india and was in pakistan as well i'm going to i'm going to take the name i'm just going to look up the name of the columnist but the thing is reform so people there are voices like that reform has to come from within but then there has to be a multi-pronged approach first of all uh, reform can only come when this idea of denial is wrong and when can denial go when you stop contextualizing and putting a false equival equivalence to any damn act, act of terror what i would like to see yes. is i would like to see in the global capitals of islamic nations and all muslims together i would like to see them march towards the thing march for peace and march for equality and condemn isis in no uncertain terms hmm. you cannot go around saying that oh george bush perpetrated this or somebody else perpetrated this obama had the well they don't talk about obama although obama also has a, a major part to play in syrian crisis but that is a debate for another day so um, but they won't uh, for some reason i don't see obama is responsible for isis <laughs> for some reason it seems that only george bush is responsible for isis but it is you cannot blame western countries you cannot blame um, other people the fact is that there are certain people in your faith who are killing in the name of religion and that has to stop that has to stop do not just you know contextualize it and say because that's this happened that's why no, this happened so that happened that's why see, this happened the worst thing you can do is uh, if you can't condemn it outrightly the terror attacks don't condemn it but don't uh, condemn it and then put in this uh, but clause and then try to draw this false moral equivalence that uh, oh an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind yes it does it sure does but then you you know how you spin it yeah. is is the major thing and uh, the, i i just found out the name of the columnist it was asra nomani yeah. asra ki nomani so mm. she was uh, they they interviewed her and then there was also this debate with jay leno and stuff i uh, tweeted the links and i mean you'll find that on youtube as well on bill mars channel mm. i would urge you to uh, check it out again this was probably just 3 4 hours after the attacks mm. happened so uh, on a very primitive level but my point is that there are some hard questions that need to be asked there are some hard questions that need to be answered that 
A country supporting a B country's fight against terror, but then not saying anything when a C country is being attacked by terrorists is also uh, wrong. wrong. And, and another thing is that all these apologists, they are very worried about the backlash. I am very worried about the backlash also. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? Do you stop the main act of violence that is promoting this backlash or do you go after these people who are indulging in backlash and say that you people are um, being intolerant yeah. so why don't we go and attack the root of this problem the root of this problem is that there are certain people who are using a religion to um, wage jihad mm -hmm. so that needs to be stopped it's happening all over the world there are pockets everywhere where this is happening we need to um, stop that what is what does ISIS want we know what isis wants they have a charter right there they want to overthrow um liberal governments all over the world they want to overthrow um uh, non-islamic governments non-islamic things they want to start a caliphate that cannot be allowed in modern the idea is reprehensible in modern of times of course and there are so, there are there are two different things now one of it it is obviously battling isis on the ground which is uh, you know I, I don't know if the arab world needs to come together the uh, the the Arabs and the Western world need to come together and uh, Prime Minister Narendra Modi actually made a very interesting statement in the the British Parliament yeah. when he was addressing that event the, uh, not in Wembley the, uh, yeah, where the, the MPs were that you have to talk about terrorism supply where do these guys yeah. get their weapons from where do these guys get their funds from uh, what do they do you know those are the un uncomfortable questions that need to be asked just because a country is uh, or funds from a country I'm not saying the country might be but funds from them country they are going towards supporting some organizations supporting a global fight against xyz or whatever is going on you have to nip it in the bud you can't just be indifferent because that country is giving uh, you know uh, a better deal and, and right now we are at such a precipice you know yeah. we it's it's almost like uh, you know, you know, I don't know after what, how all to put this, it. after That's... I've said all this, I do also want to say that America has fallen short um, in controlling this Absolutely. ISIS menace. Um, and, uh, you know, nothing justifies what happened in Paris. But I also do want to point out that America, by outsourcing this whole entire nuclear deal with Iran, was to outsource the war on ISIS to Iran. Hmm. I don't know how smart or how bright that idea is. It probably is not going to uh, help we don't you know iranians are not very trusted allies i don't know if they are going to go after isis the way america wants them to go okay. um saudi arabia is not going to touch isis mm -hmm. they are after all offshoots of their own wahhabi ideology they are not going to touch isis they are not going to iran you are hoping that will um you know somehow go after isis i don't know how sound that statement is obama made a biggest mistake of his presidency by not understanding this um menace when he should have um but that is what under the bridge right now isis is a reality and it's a monster that is no, and, and, uh, breaking another thing that is very interesting thing that has happened is this whole um, philosophy of america and entire west that we will keep we may not be able to defeat them but let's do this um let's keep them contained. restricted to their own area or let's keep them contained that thing has been dealt a severe blow 
in the heart of West, in the heart of Paris, ISIS has struck. And it's only a matter of time and before <laughs> ISIS will strike in other European capitals. And no, I am afraid the, to say in America. In, in this global world, you can't just contain everything. ISIS, yeah. uh, for one one reason and stuff, they have been using social media and YouTube and their videos and all that in such a weird... I mean, I say YouTube because for the want of a better word, but they'll post their videos anywhere. Anyway. They've been using... They were trending stuff on social media. Media and stuff to to communicate with even a lone wolf in yeah. who can cause uh, damage in yeah. XYZ part of the world has become relatively simpler. You found in uh, in different parts of the world you're finding ISIS apologists being arrested. You know, I think there was someone in India, India as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, the 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 point is that it's not about containing like you you can contain the troops in a certain yeah. point, but this ideology that it espouses and you know, X, Y, like five people, six people, mm. you're not going to contain them unless you nip this in the yeah. bud, unless you nip the source in the bud. Yes. And I can't and even say nip it in the bud because it has already progressed to a ridiculous level. And I do criticize Obama over his handling of ISIS. I do criticize Obama over his foreign policy and Middle East thing. But I also do want to um, give a shout out to Americans that they were able to secure their homeland after 9-11 by completely changing. If you, um, those of us who were here during 9-11, they know that on September, 12th, 2001, America was a different country. America was, and I say it in no different terms, mm. people who were here, we know that on September 12th, America was not the same country. Mm. They had, uh, Department of Homeland Security did not even exist before that. That was started, Department of um, Homeland Security and everything, this whole thing had come into um, action and they have been able to secure, I don't want to jinx it, but they have been able to secure their homeland. Mm. Europe, needs to really work on its security thing. I mean... And um, its proximity to the to ISIS, ISIS is a lot, lot closer, closer than, than America. America. It's a lot easier to do in America. In um, ISIS, it is very... In, in Europe, it is very difficult to do it. But somehow, they have to manage to... And, and this, this is their, what... <laughs> no, it is... It, it does not behove for a developed country for the president of the country to be sitting in a, um, a stadium and um, bomb blasts go up there i mean it is what is yeah, they were outside the stadium but but you, outside the stadium but the president was right there I absolutely mean, what is and, the security guys and you could and you could hear them when the the foot the match was going on you know yeah. you when you saw because the, the world is different if this means that uh, personal liberties will have to be curtailed each and every single person will have to be checked or no 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 background but, checks no, no, have no, been but, done. But to give a, to no, no, give a background, there were some measures that were involved, enforced in France after uh, Charlie Hebdo attacks yeah. and stuff. Uh, it's so, but clearly their measures did not stop these attacks from happening. Uh, whether they had any intelligence of these attacks or not remains to be uh, seen. Uh, we don't know yet. We are going to find that out. But the fact is that the world, uh, as as uh, Surinda put it, that America did not. Uh, remain the same place. The world cannot look at this the same way on you know going forward from here. They they have to look at this a lot more seriously, and they you know they can't just trivialize the issue. So uh, many many commentators were uh, you know have have spoken on this. I guess what happens remains to be seen. Before we get to our uh, next topic, um, I do want to say that this is Mindmakers production. This Mind podcast is brought to you by the Mindmakers team. This uh, podcast is produced and edited by Adit Kapadia with the help of our team in India. The panelists for the um, podcast are Adit Kapadia, Pramod Kumar Buravalli and Sunanda Vashisht, which is me.
so clearly a devastating uh, moment for the French, for Parisians and our hearts are with them. Uh, they are in our thoughts and prayers and we just hope that uh, you know God gives them uh, uh, enough strength to get get through the loss and get through this incredibly sad event. But uh, as they say, the show must go on. I guess we're moving to the other news of the week. Uh, we will discuss this in detail uh, once we get more details and stuff but would urge everyone to just exercise restraint and just uh, you know when whenever you go you go to your uh, wherever you go to your place of worship just keep the victims their families and everyone in, in your mind um, and you know all victims of terror in the mind there were like at attacks in Beirut I think in this week as well and yeah. even the Russian airplane as we said yeah. so moving to some more domestic news uh, India centric news uh, we also wanted to talk about this um, the, the trip that um, Narendra Modi took to the United Kingdom. Very, very successful, successful trip. Yeah. trip. He uh, met Queen Elizabeth. Uh, I wanted to know if she eats Gujarati food because she apparently... ate. Um, I don't know about Gujarati food, but I'm sure the um, uh, you know there was some uh, vegetarian food spread out. But uh, Prime Minister uh, Cameron did talk about Gujarati food on in his uh, in Wembley. He, the, uh, he even said Kemcho Wembley. So, I know, uh, but I he was in Wembley. He had to do Kemcho. Of course, but regardless, whether you are our, you do Kemcho in Houston also because I'm in Houston. No, that is that is in New Jersey that you're oh, supposed to do. So, ha, so Houston <laughs> me, for hamara wohi hota hai that uh, he, he got like probably more retweets than he normally uh, does for that. Yeah. So, but anyways, and of course, you know, let's not to make too. He was extremely, uh, but he was also addressing a local constituency of as well. Of course, he was. So, yeah, all these people are going to vote. I think Sajan and Dhuva put it very nicely. That sound you hear is uh, Indians shifting lock, stock, and barrel towards the Tories yeah. rather than the uh, the Labour Party. And uh, I, I don't know. And nothing wrong in that. Nothing wrong a in politician that. has to do. Absolutely. Of, yeah. I mean, I, I think Obama is saying Sal Mubarak for the last four or five years yeah. on the on the New Year's. So and that's why I was amazed that Narendra Modi said it. Uh, he's like, usko bhi bolna hi just like his good friend yeah. Obama does. <laughs> but uh, no, anyways, coming back to uh, yeah, it was an amazing. Um, what a show! I mean, uh, British uh, you, Indians put up there, amazing. And but all you have to, you have to. Uh, it was almost. Uh, I'm sorry that you tweeted about this. A sentimental moment that 68 years ago we were ruled over by the colony. British. Yeah, colony. It, it was a pretty emotional moment for and, me and when for, I saw no, the. No, no, no. And for carpet. David Cameron to go up on stage and he's like, I don't see uh, why a British Indian cannot become the Prime Minister yeah. of United Kingdom. He said he's going to probably see it pretty soon. Yeah. It it was an um, emotional moment because as I said six de decades ago we were a colony we were a British colony who would have thought that somebody would you know uh, lay out uh, red uh, as um, somebody said I think it was Sopin reddest of the red car uh, mm -hmm. carpet has been laid out for um, Narendra Modi it's a moment of uh, pride it's a moment to be happy about so that's uh, thing. So, um, but that was not the only part of uh, what the spectacle or the whole thing euphoria that was a very very small even though that took a lot of um, coverage but that was a very small part of his trip as Harita um, uh, mind columnist she wrote a phenomenal piece for mind makers and she wrote about why this trip is important and the um, and Modi is there to talk about business and uh, what business was being accomplished um, so uh, in terms of that this was a, a great successful trip and now I know that um, um, Prime Minister Modi is already on his way to uh, Turkey 
for the G20 summit and what's going to happen in G20 summit now that it is all clouded with this Paris attack. I, I believe they have already made Man, this thing that... Man, he does not rest. I know, he does not get jet lagged either. So I have heard that um, G20, uh, President Obama is going to be there and everyone, um, although the French president has already said, I don't see how he can go, he's not going to go there. But I think the entire international community is going to put out a statement against the Paris thing. So it's important. I think this was a, this was a great trip for um, uh, this thing. But um, one thing one noticed was that... Um, British leftist or liberal media is just as vile as um, leftist media in India. I mean, perhaps more vile. No, the um, kind of headlines they put were just atrocious. And, uh, um, you know, Guardian and BBC, of course, and the press conference. I mean, that was it the Guardian? Uh, I think it was a dude from Guardian. Uh, of course, BBC said uh, something like, there is a lot of intolerance. I mean, According to you, BBC reporter, there's a lot of intolerance in India. You know, they did not even think that there would say supposed intolerance, alleged intolerance. But there Sunanda, is talk about intolerance. No, 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 he just said there's intolerance. I was like, dude, what journalism school did you go to? Did they not tell you to talk about? You Do you call British folks also dudes? Uh, no. Saying, huh? <laughs> Sir, what school did you go to? Is no, would be was, an appropriate question. But it was but, really, you know, he, they just asked him. I, I, I'm glad. Chopin huh? might not be happy if you call him a dude. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I am glad those questions were asked, uh, and I'm and uh, Prime Minister Modi answered phenomenally well, and I'm glad that happened. But I'm glad these, you know, the meanness, the mean spirit of these people came out, uh, and it came out that how they are a blot on journalism, and people were telling them, oh what journalism but no journalist says that uh, no no but you know, where do they get these ideas from yeah, is no, what is you have there, to understand is, is there a you, thermometer as I was joking in the last podcast is there a thermometer where you check the tolerance meter how can you say that there is the question is they get their ideas from these bunch of leftist Indian columnists yeah. and stuff and and then the guardian had that audacity to feature a piece by Anish Kapoor that called something about Hindu Taliban I hope he's watching what is happening in Paris right now with the real Taliban because he doesn't know what real Taliban or ISIS or anything. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, Anish Kapoor made was... more famous when Sonia Gandhi did his book launch in 2010. Uh, unrelated, just thought I would but put that fact on. Guardian guy said, he said, he told the Indian Prime Minister, the head of the state, and uh, terrorists, I mean, um, journalists can say anything they want. I don't know why I said terrorists. Was that a faux pas? That probably was. But what I wanted to say was that journalists can say anything. There is freedom of speech. But you cannot, But you know, which journalist goes up and says that you don't deserve the respect that um, a leader of the nation should get or something? Says who? Who the hell are you to decide? I mean, it and, was and, 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 ask questions no, by no, no. all means, but don't, the, don't be mean-spirited. See, no, no, no. I'll tell you something. To be critical is okay, but this some of the questions and some of the headlines that I saw were downright nasty. nasty. And as an Indian citizen who he represents, he is my prime minister who goes out, you know, I was I was deeply offended. Okay, now people might say that, um, you know, okay, he, I've, I've, I've supported Mr. Modi, I've been an admirer. Mm -hmm. uh, so what? The bottom line is he's not going there as a BJP candidate. He is going there as, as the leader of, of India, India, as the as a prime minister as the leader of India 
and to attribute and india does not uh, is not this uh, dictatorship as they would like to believe uh, they see another this thing no 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 another thing elected. they don't know that just a week ago the bjp had a spectacular defeat in the bihar elections they conceded nitish kumar is going to form the government nothing you know khatam but uh, no 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 india is intolerant where uh, this this guy is, anish kapoor comes and writes that he is running a dictatorship acha aise dictatorship kya hafte pehle he conceded the election and and he got criticized by even right so yeah left right and center literally yeah. so i mean i don't know what he was smoking i know these people are just delusional de- 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 no delusional is to putting it too mild yeah. yaar these are this is okay see being delusional is different but when you are like pretending to be asleep yeah they they just crazy people um and I then you had uh, and personal liberties have been taken away and uh, i i just don't understand and then there were people saying oh my god prime minister modi um quoted um, ts elliot really i mean the amount of elitism snobbery. and snobbery i see around is everyone knows that most all prime ministers their speech writers write the speech and it happens for every head of the nation and um but it was almost like a sense of shock <gasps> did this guy really um a cortes elliot i mean so the, the, just... what should he have quoted if you like either, do they have an acceptable list of uh... I, i just think i just think that and chopin just... had a great response to it. india calling him like a fascist or something i, I don't know he yeah. said that to yeah. willy so so willy is... said it right he started it and then i think some other people also said that uh, it was i mean what what can one say about these people they are just as i said they're mean spirited people and people who were but i'm glad they're protesting i'm glad they're writing i'm glad they're doing this thing it only goes on to say that mm. um mr modi is very focused on his job and he no, does no, not now, stop anybody now, from now that nitish kumar is in bihar india is tolerant again did you not know that uh-huh. Uh, Pramod will come back and he will. Uh, he will. He will say. But um, and talking about tolerance, there was another uh, debate within the internal functionings of the BJP and the uh, old guard. Uh, What is this Narendra Modi? He cannot even be a good fascist. He cannot even stop um, yeah. dissent in his own party. Ah, uh, L K Advani, Yashwant Sinha, uh, who who? Else? Shanta Kumar. Shanta Kumar and Murli Manohar Joshi. Some I, I read the statement. He was like he has emasculated the party. I mean. strong words hmm. there you know it this 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 uh, i think how narendra modi should have reacted in my um, uh, in this is, is there was a speech of atal bihari vajpayee in 2003 in the parliament where sonia gandhi said this is corrupt and totally you know khatam ho gayi government so vajpayee quoted that uh, sonia gandhi speech in a very you know funny tone and he said yaar is like ye kya bolte ho election mein aao laga lete the do do haath that is what narendra modi probably should have said ke laga lete do do haath I know it was, uh, but I I'm glad how um, uh, the party handled it. They said that we take all their criticism and we will. No, that is a separate. It. No, that is a that's their internal working. We're yeah. not members of the BJP to go and uh, comment how they did. My point was, as somebody who's uh, an observer of Indian politics on the uh, you know on the right of center platform, uh, uh, thinking about it, did. uh the people who were behind the 2009 campaign or something did like did lk advani retire from politics after 2009 did he 2004 he took out an india shining yatra didn't he yeah ha huh, yeah. so what happened I what happened know. after that you had uh these stalwart mps representing certain constituencies you know 
let's face it honestly would they have won in 2014 without another modi we've just I know, by themselves i i know uh murli manohar joshi's constituency in kanpur would not have been won without amit shah working on it i know amdavadis are very um nice to um vote um mr advani again and again although yeah. um he hasn't done much there either so how many days has he spent in gandhinagar i would like to fact, know this is a fact one is not criticizing for the heck of criticizing but one does want to say that there are problems there as well but um going back to this um you know modi and amitsha and everybody they all need to be criticized i'm not saying that they should not be criticized but to think that there was democracy before them and during advani and vajpayee's time and there is no democracy now is not true i don't think that is the case uh, when mr advani was the face of the party and the, he ruled the party with iron fist i mean mm. there's no question about it mm. who would say anything against mm. him mm. um 2009 election was lost mm. because of vanity of certain people this is no, no, a I, fact I, I i want to ask what happened when uma bharti made those statements in 2005 yeah, yeah. so that's huh. that's i'm i'm not going to say that i mean uh, uh, if they were unhappy i think uh, there should have been some internal talk about it i i don't think they should the letter should have gone out to the media but that's what I, how i think about it i don't know what the internal workings within bjp are if there is a revolt brewing up i would like to be fine that volency if there is a revolt about. brewing up, then i think um, that is uh, mr amisha's problem he needs he, he will needs to. he he will figure out how to uh, deal with it i know that delhi and bihar have been a disaster we last podcast we talked about um, that it was a complete disastrous campaign uh, that bjp ran in uh, bihar we know that but there also <laughs> has been 2014 um, no 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 win. not this 2014 after that you won maharashtra you won jharkhand you won uh, b- b- this uh, uh, haryana and you did you very well in jammu and kashmir so um, so there is there are hits and misses oh, yeah, but you're in the government in these yeah. four states yeah. and it's haryana you You've had never not, had a government. you never no no you never had a just a bjp government yeah. you were yes. in alliance, alliance and, but you never had a bjp government huh. you had never been in a government in yeah. jammu and kashmir but as i said i will not and in maharashtra for the last 15 years you know for all this war it, let's not forget in 1999 when bjp had 108 from the nda uh, government they lost the elections in maharashtra they lost the elections in uh, bihar uh, six months later in the worst possible fashion where i think they got 39 39 yeah, 40 seats yeah. and samta party got less seats lalu jangala the worst 2000 to 2005 was when uh, bjp had just come to power six months ago so does that mean that vajpayee and advani should you know take the blame so what i'm saying is that it's not to say that bjp was uh, bihar was not a debacle it was but uh, it's also not to say uh, un- that under advani ji there were no debacles uh, un- unless advani ji made kushabhau thakre take the blame who was the pre- pre- president of Kushabhau bjp thakre at that time at that time so um, i don't know i think it is an inner um, it's again uh, you know generational shift that is happening within bjp no, and they will take okay, it no so first of all you have to concede that this is not the same bjp as 5 years ago yeah. but let's face it this is not the mandate that bjp people yes, thought bjp gotten... would got get five years ago yeah. and the reason why they get got this campaign was because they ran a, ran a quasi presidential uh, election. election so um, the fact is there are going to be certain presidential decisions now uh, there are taken the fact is that no one can take away mr modi's popularity right now yeah. it, it is skyrocketing you, that's what i was say, saying in my bihar piece that undoubtedly he must come 
come out and say he needs to take some questions. questions. Mr. Amit Shah needs to face some music. But you cannot deny that he's the number one leader in India. Right if you if you tell me that, uh, you know, now, now again, the only place where Narendra Modi may not win is the newsrooms of Latins Delhi, but which is fine. But <laughs> he still remains a popular. But anyways, you know, yeah. these debates will continue going on. And uh, all, uh, do not forget, before we end, do not, uh, would like to tell you, please follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. Uh, if you have any questions, email them to us at info at mynd.net. Um, check out our uh, pod podcast links, check out our uh, articles. We are fe featuring some interviews and coming up, some wonderful things coming up in the near future and some excellent pieces coming up as well. Uh, uh, but but as, as I close, uh, again, you would come come back to what we started the podcast with that prayers for everybody prayers for everyone and do not forget this each terror attack is almost a slap on the face of the liberal world and the world that we as liberals would like to live in uh, a world devoid of all this so don't forget anything that happened just take it as a lesson and make sure that nothing like this happens again. I just hope we are not having this discussion again. Yeah. Really, I, I truly know. hope that. Standing in solidarity with all French at this uh, their moment of horror and grief. And um, I, do, I, I, I don't know how to say this, but uh, in grief, all people are, all people are one. And um, as... I said yesterday also, um, viva, la France. viva la France, long live the long, France. Long live France and may God give strength to the yeah. French people.